Since you enjoy this show, I thought I'd throw out there another podcast you might like. It's a show about the intersection of design, technology, and the creative process. It's the Design Better podcast. And in each episode, hosts Eli Woolery and Aaron Walter bring you conversations with inspiring creative thinkers like John Cleese and David Sedaris, people who bring design and technology together like Tony Fadal, co-inventor of the iPhone and the iPod. So far, some standout episodes for me have been when they talk to John Cleese of Monty Python about creativity. That is one of my favorite topics and one of my favorite people. Then also one of my favorite musicians, Tycho, about his creative process. And they talk with Seth Godin about how creativity is an act of generosity. I've always been fascinated by design, the creativity behind it, the implementation of it, both to improve our lives from a functionality and user interface standpoint, also from an artful bringing beauty into the world approach. So whether you're a design curious person like me or a design pro, Design Better is a great listen that inspires and informs. Subscribe to the Design Better podcast at designbetterpodcast.com or in your favorite podcast app like the one you're using right now. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm your host, Eric Fisher. This is the show where we talk to the people behind the productivity. This week we're talking to somebody, again, that has been behind my productivity and some of my non-productivity, for that matter, when he's goofing off online. I always enjoy it. It's Chase Reeves of Fizzle. Fizzle Fizzle.co. Chase and I talk about some productivity tools that aren't normally associated with productivity. Chase and I talked about journaling and also meditation. And these two subjects have not necessarily ever come up on this show before. This is a more lengthy episode, a more conversational episode, a more entertaining episode even, because in true Chase fashion, he brings characters along with him. Chase even gets more open and honest than most guests have and even shares some different painful things from the past and it all ties together all of the different pieces of conversation fold in on each other to create what I think is one of these great touchstone episodes in terms of really figuring out not just being productive but why you're being productive and what your style of productivity means to you in terms of not just what things you should be doing, but why you're doing them, which then greater informs the who you are and the what you're doing it for, and then the how you're going to do it. It should go without saying this is one of my favorite episodes, and it was really fun listening back to it. Before we get into that conversation, I want to say thank you to Aweber for supporting this episode of Beyond the To-Do List. AWeber is a leading email marketing platform for growing businesses and entrepreneurs. They have an online resource for anyone that wants to be better at digital marketing. To find that, you can go to aweber.com slash to-do. That's A-W-E-B-E-R dot com slash T-O-D-O. What you will find there are free videos and downloadable checklists that let you quickly launch into these important marketing tactics. Tactics like creating your first online course, recording your first YouTube video, recording your first podcast episode, creating your first Facebook ad, or getting your first 50 subscribers to your newsletter. AWeber is helping you 
get past that initial first step of hesitation. Stop hesitating. Stop procrastinating. Head on over to aweber.com slash to do to get those free videos and those downloadable checklists to gain some momentum on your next business marketing objective. Again, that's aweber.com slash T-O-D-O. Thanks again to Aweber for supporting this episode of Beyond the To-Do List. Enjoy this conversation with Chase Reeves. It is once again my privilege to welcome the late and great Chase Wardman Reeves. Welcome to the show. I hope I'm not too late, you know. I, I, I hope I, 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 you know, I did have a, tr- a problem getting an Uber over here, but I am, I'm, I, I do pride myself on being on time to things. Yes, it, I was referring to too late, as in you had not been on the show for a year, and in, yeah, for a minute there, long. I thought I thought you had said I, I was dead, you know, <laughs> which is a bit problematic because it's something I, I, you know, I'm deeply afraid of. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> oh my that. gosh! Oh, that's not, good. I've not that just quoted joy. <laughs> I've not quoted that movie in years. I'm not dead yet. <laughs> so there's there's the first. Uh, oh, that's rich, man. Thank you. That just like I feel like the smell of 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 pleasure of just medieval times. In. Yes. Yeah. It was, uh, it was terrific. Last time you were here, we talked. We got very touchy feely. I am a touchy feely kind of guy. Really like, am. That was. I mean, and that's what hit me. It was like. Chase hasn't been on in forever. I'm looking at the show notes for last time, and it's literally Chase Reeves on career, community, and comparison. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's a lot of stuff. There's a, yeah, there's a few more C words we could pack in there if you want. Totally. But- oh, and, and then the summary, the summary here that I've got is Chase Reeves of Fizzle.co talks about anxiety, fear, fame, validation, career, community, and comparison. Nope, that's everything. I actually don't that's, have anything else to add. So I don't even know what I'm doing here then. Right. Well, the thing is, is we th- so that was like the that was the intro to you. We got to know you. We learned about you, who you are. <laughs> you have anxiety. I'm neurotic. I'm depressive. Neurotic I'm depressed. manic. <laughs> and then I thought, well, wait a second. Now I know what to bring you back to talk about, which is how the crap do you get any work done dealing yeah. with that stuff? And then I realized, oh, there you go. I I too am that way, and I'm one of those guys that like dabbles around with all this productivity stuff. But what I really need to do is do some of the fringe productivity stuff when it comes to meditation, journaling, and what was the other thing? Oh, I want to talk about your music trick. Oh, yeah. I want yeah. to talk about that first off, actually. Let's talk you about You want to that. jump right yeah, – you want to jump right into this. Uh, you know what's so great about that, Eric, is you are so smart. You know, we jump right into the tactics because, you guys, I'm about to share a tactic with you that's going to revolutionize the way that you yourself are getting work done. Right now, you probably get distracted. Right now, you're probably ending each day going, I wish I had more things that I got done today, right? Yes, all right. I, I see that hand. You know what? I feel the same way until I found this little great little music trick. Do you want me to tell you about that? I do. Do you want me to tell you about that? I do. That's right, Eric. Thank you. Amen. Uh, <laughs> listen, a lot of us are living our productive lives from a, from a standpoint of, you know, we live out of lack. Do you know what I mean? We don't look at, live out of abundance. We don't live out of love. We live out of lack, which means greed, right? And that is not a very expansive way to live your life, and I don't choose to live that way. Do you? No, sir, I do not. That's correct. Uh, sorry, I should stop now. I, yeah. I, I kind of just get stuck I'm wondering in my cycle. I'm like, oh, how far is he going to take this? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like all set up, all yes. set up. Um, I'm, I'm, Ol- I'm Olsteining. Uh, but this, uh, this little trick that I heard from Matt Mullenweg, actually, which has been really, really, really helpful. His interview with 
on Tim Ferriss' show. Mm-hmm. Um, by the way, a little confession for you here. I don't know uh, if anybody else in your audience has, has tried as hard as I have to dislike Tim Ferriss <laughs> and, and failed as, yeah. as poorly as I have. Because I, I know of some, and I, even I have too, but it, it's just hard when he keeps delivering stuff that I find fascinating. Yeah, I mean, like I have, I have a few like sort of acquaintance friend types who who have kind of like you know relayed stories of just being let down by Tim or and and whatever. And I don't I don't hold any of that against against him because Tim's living his own life. He's 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 the unicorn. He gets to do what he wants. But uh, I've tried really hard not to like him. And uh, every single, I mean, even going back to to Four Hour Workweek, which is which is arguably one of his like worst pieces of work, is, is compared to everything that he's been doing right, yeah. since. He's just terrific, and so his podcast is no exception. It's a it's a it's a great podcast, and his conversation with Matt Mullenweg was good because Matt's an interesting guy. He's cra- kind of crazy, but he talked about this trick of of in- instead of like putting on a playlist, instead of putting on an album, instead of putting on you know mood music or calm dot com. A lot of people talked about uh, focus at will. Were you yes. one of the guys that jumped on that? I, I, I am one of those, and I still am a firm believer in focus at will. However, I do love listening to music when I work, and I felt like yeah. I was cheating myself out of that. And suddenly, you brought this tip up, and I was just like, "Yeah, it's, oh it's, yeah, it's great." So, what the trick is is basically you 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 pick a song and you just put that one song on repeat over and 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 over again. So. For me, there's a there's a Roy, Sop song called Monument, and I put these in um, uh, in the post at, at Fizzle, which hopefully we could put in yeah. in the show notes here. Link, link in the show notes. Le- link in the show notes. So the the thing is, is you're putting this one song on repeat. It takes a few plays before it just like moves all the way back into the background of your head. And now, what's interesting, even with words, like I've never, I always I always used to work to a lot of electronic. There's a podcast mm-hmm. called uh, Above and Beyond's Group Group Therapy with a Group Therapy with Above and Beyond, and it's great because it's just trance music for forever. You know, very emotional EDM if you want to get particular about it. It's very manic. It's very, very like uppity and manic, and, and like it's great for those like hour and a half long sprints. But for like working all day, it just it kind of wears you down. And then so I find myself going like espresso, like from these big ups to these little like calm dot coms, like where there's just like bells tinkling and waves crashing in the background. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. So finding the song that then uh, in, in, instead of that, finding one song that you can repeat often, it goes in the back of your head, uh, which is which is great. You can pick kind of any song you want because it can it can kind of turn into like any song that I, I've experienced. Any song can can you can use. So there's all of these. You know, a song is really a mood if you think about it. If you th- if you really think about it and you pay attention, a song is a mood. So what has been really valuable for me is asking a few questions. What mood should I be in when I do activity X? Right. So I do a lot of writing. What mood and what vibe should I be in when I'm doing that? Should I be in like uppity, crazy, like excited vibe? Should I be in like really mellow, thoughtful, contemplative? And I've found a, one song that I really like, this Royksop song called Monument, where it's just like groovy, like solid, straightforward, uh, and it ha- but it does have a groove and it is interesting and, and it helps that when it cycles through, like it just makes a ton of sense. Sorry, I'm talking way too long about this because I'm really excited about it because it does help me. Now, the, big, the biggest thing about this for me is that it creates this well-worn path into a kind of work. When I put on that song, because I've probably heard it, you know, I don't know, 479 times now while I'm writing, it's kind of like it opens up this little door in my brain and my brain knows, okay, we're in writing mode now. 
Um, and I'm not a now listen, I'm not a neuroscientist. I'm not a, I'm not any kind of scientist, really. But it does feel like it works pretty good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Kind of like booze. I don't know how it works. It just works. I feel drunk and I want to hang out with you. Uh, and so to contrast that focus at will when I, I mean, I talked to the guys that created it, you know, the whole science and neuroscience about it. And it's, it eliminates your fight or flight and it's instrumental. It's compositions. It's yeah. not even technically called music what mm. they do. But there's definitely a lot of drums and bass, and there's classical, and there's acoustic, and there's the ADD one, which is oh my gosh, it's just I can't take that one. But uh, really, I it works. It like super focuses me. But sometimes I don't want to be super focused. I want to be lifted up. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I want to have like a groove. I want to get in a groove that's not just mental focus. I yeah. want I want uh, uplifted spirit or something. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like I want my mood to be lifted and then because I feel better yeah. than sitting down to work or standing desk people, yeah. uh, I'm getting in that like, okay, I'm not just doing the work. I'm having fun doing the work. You yep, know? totally. And I find that the the spirit that I'm in when I'm creating things, it, it matters a lot because because I am I'm just an emotional piece of crap is what I am. I'm like very impulsive. Whatever I feel like is the truth. I don't, I'm not good at going like, well, that's just how I feel right now. Just chill out. I'm sure it'll be fine later. Like I've had to get good at that, which we'll, we'll talk about in a little bit through yes. meditation and stuff. But that's by my nature is like, oh no, everything's going to crap or we're all going to heaven. This is amazing. Nothing can fail. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? Yep. So, uh, so I find that there is a little bit of discipline in choosing this song. I find that it's really fun for me to, uh, because I'm this creative type, uh, yeah, go ahead and put that in, in, in the bio. Chase is a creative type. Creative type. Se- self-proclaimed creative type. But, uh, but I, I'm always thinking about what's the right song. There's a song by, oh, I can't I think of his name now, called Blacker the Berry. Uh, he's the, uh, who is the best rapper of all time ever right now? Um, he is, uh, anyways, suffice it to say, there's, a, there's one of the most intense songs I've ever heard called Blacker the Berry by Kendrick Lamar. That's who it is. And I, I kind of missed the boat on Kendrick Lamar. It was like, I don't know if I'm getting it. And then I started, then I did this trick with, I was looking for a song from Kendrick Lamar to play over and over again. And his latest album to pimp a butterfly is, it's just insane. It's crazy. It's really interesting. I love, he's pushing all the boundaries, et cetera. But there's this song called black of the berry, which has got so much fight in it and so much prophecy in it. And it is so heavy. And I'm like, I want to be in this mode. I want to remind myself what, what the fights are out there and the things that are worth spilling your blood for, the things that are worth throwing your bodies on the, ge- on the gears and levers of a machine and going like, it's, it's, it's important that I be ground up by this thing that matters the way that, that so many other leaders have before. It's just like there's, there's fights that are worth fighting for out there. And sometimes that's just, a, that's just I, I'm worth fighting for, Right. Sometimes it's worth, sometimes it's like I'm, it fizzle where I'm caught. It's so, I'm working with people who want to start up businesses and they don't really know what to do. It's terrifying and it takes so much bravery, even just to think about it for a second to go like, yeah, maybe I will think about taking my future into my own hands and not having the security that a company, that working at a company like Google or Ameriprise Financial or something can give me, even though we can do the math and go like, well, it's kind of a false sense of security. Still, it takes so much bravery to even think for a second Maybe I can do it. And those are the people that I want to, to start up businesses. It's not the ones who are like, yeah, I could probably do it. I could probably do it better than anybody else out there. Watch me go. You know, it's not necessarily that. It, it's like I love the people who are too who, who are afraid and 
who require such great bravery to start a business because these are the people that, 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 can, change, that can change things if they start things up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it becomes something visceral. Yeah, it really does. And so anyways, uh, I, I played that song for a while because I was like, I want to be in this fight. I want to remind myself of the fight of what's at stake. This is a copywriting trick. What's at stake for the people if they don't, you know, quote unquote, buy my product? If they don't, more importantly, believe in themselves? If they don't have enough confidence to go like, I want to do a business or something? What's at stake, right? So that's kind of, I was channeling that song's, uh, you know, fight and the, and the truth in it. Uh, and the prophecy in it to kind of like be in that mode, try to try to be in that mood, right? Like we were talking about. Yeah. So picking the song, I find it, it's not just the groove; it's also like the spirit it makes you feel, and and, and it can be really helpful. It's a, it, 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 at the very least, it's just it's just fun to really get into one song that much, where you know every drum fill and you know every little you know break and every verse. It, it's pretty fun. And it's cool because. Like, again, I'm not getting attached. Well, there's been one or two, actually, on Focus at Will that I have gotten attached to where it comes on and it's like it actually kind of breaks the spell, yeah. which is kind of sucky because it's like, dang it, I, I like this song. And yeah, I shouldn't yeah. even be paying attention to, this, to the music. Mm. Whereas the other one, it's like you play, you know, you play Eye of the Tiger long enough. and <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what your eyes are going to start looking like. Mm-hmm, that's right. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've, I, uh, I heard the other day after I'd heard you do this trick, I had heard uh, we were sitting somewhere eating – and and on the wherever it was the radio, whatever that is played. Uh, it played <laughs> Tom's Diner, the remix version, the Su- Suzanne Vega do 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 do. And I yeah, thought yeah, yeah. that might be a cool one to try. Yeah, and I tried it this morning, and I was actually surprised at how well it worked and yeah. how well I knew it, the song. <laughs> it's, but it's like every everything can work. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. So that's the one. That's the one trong- song on repeat uh, music trick. Awesome. So the the one song on repeat music trick. Show, link in show notes. I'll link awesome. to further depth of your exploratory with that. Perfect. So we want to uplift ourselves. We want to kick ourselves into that, <laughs> you know, eye of the tiger training montage mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. where we're actually getting the work done. And sometimes it's email. Sometimes it's writing. Sometimes it's literal, like working with your hands stuff. You know, you can't use like focus at will for that. You know, it doesn't, it, I mean, it, 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 focus at will is good for focus, Yeah. but you also, you, you're not a robot. You're not just mm-hmm. a robot. You have feelings. Yeah, yeah. You have a will, you have a brain, you have a deep well of emotion. And where do we go with that? Like, how do we rein that in? That's what I struggle with. I, I, and I know episode of Fizzle, show, link in show notes, um, the show podcast, you guys had Vardy on yeah. and, and he talked about his Var diary. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what I keep ribbing him about. I don't know. Journaling is the thing I know I need to do. And when I do it, I feel like whether I'm d- up or down, I at least feel like I'm more aware of myself. So I guess sure, that kind of yeah. ties into the meditation stuff. But like, are you do are you a journaler? Do you do so that regularly? I think, I think what, what's so uh, important here for me and my own experience has been like, I used to journal a lot. You know, as you, you know, I, I used right. to be. I used to be a very uh, evangelical person. I would be traveling around, praying and talking to God, asking what his will was for my life. And I was probably, if anything, I was a pro at that, <laughs> asking, God, what was your will for my life? You were a pro-evangelical. <laughs> I was a pro-evangelical. I was in the stream. I knew the people. I was, uh, I was making the moves. I was, I was, you know, a worship pastor and, and a prophetic worship leader and all the things. And 
Um, but, but mostly what that meant is I sat in Starbucks all around the world listening to Cigarros and, and feeling all the feels about, about you know, uh, uh, just about the world and about, and about uh, you know, what it means to be, to, I don't know, just what it, what it means to try to discover yourself. And so I used to fill up journals um, with just all the gushy stuff. Uh, in fact, I, when I was a songwriter, I, I had a song that started up. I've been looking through my old journals. <laughs> and all, every to a T, I have 10 friends, all of them from time to time will just text me. Have you been looking through your old journals? <laughs> I was just shameless. And so, oh. so I've got the closet full of journals to prove that. And this is something very different. What we're talking about is not like, dear diary. I don't know if how Jessica feels about me today. You know, it's not like you're not just talking about your life and feeling. If you want to do that, you would literally, you wait. Like, my advice about that is waste as much time as you possibly can doing that because it's insanely valuable. Yeah. The same way that Seth Godin talks about, write it right every single day. Like, it's the only thing you, could, you can do to, to get better at everything. When you write, you think things through, okay? But we're not really talking about that. What I'm talking about in, in episode 99 of The Fizzle Show, and when I made that episode, I had not done this before. And since then, I've done it. I've missed maybe four or five days of doing it. And so we're talking about, like, I don't know, six months of, of doing this nonstop. Yeah. And it's completely changed my life. So what it is is, uh, for my, in my own practice, you know, it looks different for Mike. It looked different for um, Sean, who is also in the podcast. I, I use an app called Day One. Well, as soon as I get into bed, I open up that app. And I simply, uh, in day one, the first line is the title of the thing. So I just write daily. I don't want to have to think about what I'm titling this thing. I write daily, period, enter. And then I just kind of write down in a short, brief spritz as much as I can the things I did that day. That's it. The things I did that day. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I, I recorded episode 126 of The Fizzle Show. I, uh, I edited that and actually scheduled it. And Barrett's writing the post. I, um, what else did I do today? I picked up Aiden from school. I, this, that, and the other, I did, you, you just re- start remembering things that you did and you're just trying to, you're just kind of going through taking inventory. Okay. That's what I've started doing and in as quick as possible, just short little bursts. Cause uh, to be frank, I don't know if I'm ever going to go back and read this. The, the, you know, the, you've seen those little field notes, notebooks, right? right yeah. The, the little tagline for them is, is I'm not writing it to remember it later. I'm writing it to remember it now. And what that means is like the act of writing it is the point of the thing. You know what I mean? This just so gives me a place to write it. You're, you're driving the memory wedge deeper exactly. before you get too far away. And, and here's what happens every that. single day. I remember something that I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot I did that. And so now literally right huh. before bed, I go, I was walking around this whole afternoon going like, man, I'm a piece of crap. I didn't get enough done. When – Oh my gosh, yeah, no, I actually got, I got some things done. And yeah, it's not like this, it's not as much as I wanted to get done. It's not all the things that I wanted to get done. But it is, I did, I made some progress. I got some things done today. And it's that taking inventory that can change. Now, what, what happens is it's not just that feeling at the end of the night. Because then I, I also, then I, you know, I make in day one, it's one of those great writing tools that when you type a dash, it knows you're making a list. So when I type my dash, space, now I'm saying, what two things do I want to get done tomorrow? All right? And I, ne- I never even look back at this. This is just me going at the end of the night going, okay, what, what are the two things that I know? This is when I'm in like most in CEO mode, when I've kind of read through or listed off the things I did today. I'm feeling the sense of, okay, I did more than I thought, which is good. I don't need to feel like a piece of crap. But I got off track also. And I, and I, want, to, I want to help myself stay on track tomorrow. So this is the perfect point, like headspace 
to say, what do I want to do tomorrow? What do I most want to accomplish tomorrow? And this is the biggest productivity trick of, of all. Like, right, every expert will say, what's the most important thing? Well, before you leave the office, write down the two things you want to do first tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's just, that's just the number one thing for like, if you, if you did nothing else doing that, like having a little note card that you put in on your, you know, com- computer screen so that when you come in, you can't miss it. That's when you, you're in CEO mode, as I call it. And so that, that writing that down, those two things, you know, even if I don't even come back to those, that, those, the, the, they're at work in me. They're at work in me through the night. They're at work in me in the morning, even if I don't look. And if I, I can always go back and look at them. Right. Um, yeah, that, and that's what I was going to say was that that whole process, is that kind of the reason why you're doing it at the end of the night is one, you're looking back and you're trying to remember better and you know, drill that down and experience, you know, almost deep, more deeply experience what it was you did, recalibrate even before sleeping, but then also your, your RAM is still running on it through yeah, the games and- till the morning and well, I mean, to be honest, the reason why I'm doing it then is because uh, I, I just haven't found, I, I, I used to, I tried to do it like right after work, but I just, I just didn't, I just found myself not doing it. And then yeah. I'd get into bed and go like, oh yeah, I forgot to do the thing. And so before I start reading, I'll, I'll do this really quick. Well, and it's a great excuse to get your phone out in bed, which <laughs> totally. most people are like, no, yeah. worst evil thing ever. Why yeah. not? Well, I why not do it in the night on my phone too. Yeah. Okay. So, but why not do it at first thing in the morning? You're not well, going to remember the day before. Yeah. And in some ways, you, you you lose track. You're foggy. It's it's just another thing. I want to get up and I want to just start going. You know, this is for my life. Yes, I think for some geez. people, they they probably love thinking about things and doing a whole like revamp on what's most important right now. But normally, I know what I'm supposed to be. I know what I'm resisting already. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And the 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 hardest thing is to is to just lean into that thing and do it anyways. And and the more you do it, the easier it gets. But with the writing, it's really, it's that feeling every night. It surprises me every single night. Like, oh, wait, you know, I did, I did more than I thought I did. I'm, I'm, I don't need to be so stressed and anxious about things. Like, we're making progress, not just we as a company, but, and not just me as a, as a husband and a dad, but, but just me as a, as a person. And that's another reason why I do it at, at night, right before I'm getting in bed, is because my family plays into this. You know, I have a six-year-old son and, and he's on, like, he doesn't get to be on my to-do list, you know, because uh, he takes over my life for certain hours of the day. And I have to remember to bring some intentionality to that. Otherwise, it's just putting out one fire to the next and, okay, we've got to run him over here and we gotta, then I've got to make some lunch and we do this, that, and the other. Are we okay? Are we, are we good? Put him down. Get the snuggles. Go to the, okay, got it. All right. You know, and in some ways, it's like bringing, again, that, that little bit of intentionality to I'm really glad I got to walk him home from school today. That was, uh, even though I, I was stressed about it at the time and I was being petulant, I'm glad I did that. And, it, and to remind you, you don't have that moment of reminding yourself that that was a good thing to have done unless you're doing this. At least I don't have that moment. Yeah. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. 
In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So it's not it's not necessary. It's more like reflecting or. Yeah. And again, this is like as quickly as possible. I'm not writing in full sentences. I'm not even I'm not I'm, I'm like I, you know, doubles like write down a thing edited FS 126, which is, you know, short code for the podcast number 126 double space for a period enter and the next thing and then the next thing and then the next thing and i keep going and occasionally what's great also is this is a good little scratch pad for those little ideas that you're thinking about right now like you know i i i tend to either either get drunk or imbibe some other substance in the evening times (laughs) and so i have these little insights where i'm like i wonder if what i'm really wanting is this instead of that so you you have those things it's it's valuable it's useful to write those things down it shakes something Um, loose and and to just capture it when you're in that headspace because you won't have that you won't remember it tomorrow and you certainly won't write it down tomorrow. Part of me is I'm in this mode of uh, you know the the question to ask yourself about uh, if you if you had you know two months to live you know terminal brain cancer two months to live right what do you, what do you do what do you fill your days with and for me I think I kind of keep coming back to the idea of like I would just make a schnitzel ton uh, sorry I had to save myself there I would make a ton a ton of of stuff for my son about this is what I learned about life. This is what I want you to know. This is who you are. This is who I was. This is what everybody told me I was. And it was a lie because this was who I was. And it took me a really long time to figure that out. And, and so it would just be a, a bunch of that because my story, I didn't have any guides. You know, I had books. I had a handful of mentors, but no real true guides, like no real, you know, no, no, one, no one coached me well through this. And, and, and I had to work so it was so painful and it was so hard because I, because I am so particular and sensitive. <laughs> you know what I mean? And yes. he, he feels like he's got the, he's made of the same stuff. And it's, and it's, I so badly want him to not feel alone in that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so to me, I have a little bit of a fantasy of there, listen, there's, this is going to be the real, the real stuff of, of like my day to day. I'm not afraid of, of him finding this, which doesn't mean I'm censoring myself. I, I also have another for all those other you know, moms and dads out there. I started up an email address for Aiden, um, that will probably give him, I don't know when he's 18 or something, uh, that, and, and I gave the address to a bunch of our friends and every month I have a calendar event. That's just like, write, write him an email. And all my friends, I try to get them to do it as well. So at some point, he's going to get an email of, you know, basically, uh, I guess, about 15 years of his, of his growing up. Wow. A once a month email from me with pictures of what we did and how I'm feeling about our relationship and what my hopes and dreams are for our family and for my company and all this stuff. You know what I mean? It's helpful to do that, partly because I have an unhealthy relationship with my son where he's I think I too much. I treat him too much like a friend instead of a son, <laughs> because I think I wanted that so bad yeah. growing up. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, all, all that does play into the to the journaling a little bit because I'm just I'm brutally honest there, and that's that's sort of my brand. <laughs> that's sort of something I'm unwilling to change. Is like I have to be brutally honest because I feel like that's where the real life is, and I want to be brutally honest um, in all things. And so this is gonna be, this is a place for that, even though. So even though I'm thinking about like maybe Aiden one day and, and our other kids potentially could, we'll find this and we'll go, oh, you remember when dad was working on the company? Look at, look at all of this, these notes that he, the journal that he had from then. 
that's important to me. That's, it is, I, it I is. would love to have found that from my grandpa or something, you know? I know. And, and, and honestly, I like, I wish as much, I, I had a horrible relationship with my dad. He's gone. He's been gone for like passed on. He's been gone for jeez, yeah. like 2002. That sounds so intense. A horrible relationship. Yeah, well, it was. It really was. And it's like, yeah. dang it, I wish he was around. He would have been a great grandfather, yeah. you know, <laughs> that I wish that I had that. I, you know, I wish that. And so, yeah, I, I'm totally right there with you. I have those same thoughts of, and I've got a 10 year old daughter and a turning four year old son in a couple weeks. Well, you got a big gap there. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big gap. But, I need to talk to you about the gap. I think we're going to do a big gap too. Yeah. Well, and. Because we're having a conversation, and I want to go, I want to go to the meditation and tie that into the journaling. But while we're talking about it, like I know, because I've read, you know, your your written works on this, but like there wasn't intended to be a gap. Yeah, no, we we we. Uh, I appreciate your sensitivity and bringing it up, but I'm totally totally good with talking about it. Yeah, um, we. We, my wife and I, we we have a, as I said, as I said, a six year old son, and we actually. Um, we were pregnant again and uh, lost baby Rowan during labor about six hours before he was delivered. Um, he passed away of, you know, inexplicably uh, in, inside my wife's body. And then we had to labor through that. And it was, it was so intense. It was like nothing I'd ever experienced before. Um, and and, and uh, obviously, you know, it's a very crazy, yeah. crazy thing. And so uh, I've written a... a a little bit about that. Um, a lot of people, those are probably some of the best things I've written just because it's the, it's the best reason I've had to write. You know what I mean? And hopefully you could throw those in the show notes as well. And, and, and I guess it goes, I, it goes with the theme of, of brutal honesty Yeah, with with yourself. Yeah. And, And then when you share that, that others, like, that's the thing is like, I, like, I knew I connected with you prior to reading that, but then when I read it, I was like, I was, you're, you're Tim Ferriss and you're like, I tried to hate you, but now I can't. I tried to hate Chase, <laughs> but I couldn't. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I don't even know why I brought it up. I just knew, I knew. Well, I appreciate it. I mean, I it's a part it. of the story. I need to, yeah. I need to, yeah. I, 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 it's a big part of the story and, and it's shaped me quite a bit. Um, my life's changed a bunch since then. In some ways, losing Rowan, uh, um, my relationship with Rowan, which I, you know, I never, I never got to know him. Right. Um, we, my wife, my incredibly strong, beautiful wife, labored, with, you know, with a stillborn child, um, and this is something that was very, very normal. Uh, however, many years ago, it's still weirdly more common than you would imagine. Yeah. Um, and 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 it's intense. It's intense. So so we labored with with Rowan and got to you know clean his little body and dress him. In the clothes that we had bought for him, and uh, the little hat that Melissa's sister knitted for him, and just play, you know, just spent time with with his remains. Right? It's it. It was so. It's such an, an intense thing, and very difficult for a man, right? Because just simply by nature of the fact that that he was not in my body for nine months. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. I did not feel the kicks and the hiccups and 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 the giggles. Right? I. Did not know. I did not know him. I just. I just wanted to get to know him. He's gone at this point. Well, by the time I'm like, I'm seeing him, meeting him, quote unquote, for the first time. Um, but you know, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot that came from that. I'll, I'll relay one simple story uh, that that really changed my whole world. And it's a it's a it's a weird woo woo y sort of voodoo yeah, spiritual I think sort I, of thing. I, think I know where you're going. Yeah. So I I 
I don't know if you've ever experienced really, really deep grief, but it kind of lives in your body in this really, really weird way um, where you're just so sluggish, so exhausted, like so exhausted. My mind, like I was ready. I was ready. I was thinking about things. I, I, was, I was live and active. I, was, um, I, I had a lot going on in my mind, but my body was like, I'm not, my body wouldn't let me move on from it. And, and we were being very sensitive not to move too quick through the grief. Mm-hmm. You know, so one day I walk upstairs in our house. We had moved to, to, to California to be closer to my parents when, when we had Rowan. And, uh, and so a lot had led up to this. And, and I'm going upstairs like the day after we got back from the hospital, which is the day after we lost Rowan. And I go upstairs to grab my shoes. I sit on the edge of the bed and just so exhausted, I lie back. I kind of fall back on the bed. And kind of looking around the room, my head sort of lolls over to the right. And I see the crib that I had put together in our room for Rowan to sleep in. It was the same crib that Aiden slept in. We had packed this crib up. We bought it new. We put it together for Aiden. I tore it down. I put it in a closet, saved it for several years, brought it down to California, unpacked it, had all of the, all of the, uh, you know, the screws and the bolts and all the things. And I put it all back together. And this was like my place that I was preparing for Rowan. And I saw it kind of for the first time, you know, and, and it, and it just like, I kind of almost had this vision. So but basically I'm looking through the bars of this, of this uh, wooden crib. And it's almost like I could see his little, little body in there with the pacifier and the cap all bundled up like a tight little burrito, which is like my favorite thing to do with babies. Yeah. Is, is like I'm just good at the burrito. That's one of, that's one of the, <laughs> you know, Happiest Baby on the Block DVD taught me how to, how to, to swaddle. Yep. And I could picture him in there. And I really, it's almost like I could really see him in there. And it's like his head, he, he, his head was turned to the side as mine was. We were looking at each other. And I could just kind of sense that in his eyes, he was like, you don't need, like, I'm so proud of you. I am so proud of you dad right Mm -hmm. and i'm just sitting there just having this insanely intense sort of these all-seeing all-knowing eyes going like i'm proud of you and that was a moment that's like i really think i i started walking differently after that i think i started uh i started being differently after that um that was, and I certainly started grieving differently after that. I didn't have the guilt about I should be feeling more, or I should do more, or I should, or I should, I should anything. It was no, I am, and that's whatever I am is okay, you know, because I already have permission from my son, right? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. like none, none of none of your tears can can help me. I like, I, I love you. You're, I'm proud of you. I know who you are. I know you, right? It's kind of, and so for me, that was. That was really because of the difficulty of, of grief for a man, a, a, of a baby, disconnected from this thing. And, and I have all, I'm, I'm mourning my hopes and dreams. I'm mourning that my poor wife has to go through this. I'm mourning so many things and I don't know how to feel, right? And I get this sort of clear sense of, I see you. I, I'm proud of you, which is like the strongest message you could get from anyone. And so that that that's a moment in the in the in the Rowan story that yeah. that forever changed me. You know? Well, that that acknowledgement and that affirmation, you know, however the wide spectrum of belief that encompasses whatever the heck that was, yeah, it yeah. still happened. 
for you. Yeah, no, and that's the thing. And I, it I means I, something. Right. I always so. say like, yeah, this is either this is either just some it's either something just conjured up by by a, a, a you know a psyche in in great need, or or it's it you know or the world is made out of out of rainbows and and all the things are true. It, it doesn't matter either way because it really like it's changed me molecularly. Where I'm like, yeah, I, I start now from a sense of well, I know who I am. Who are you? It versus like, I really need you to like me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yes. And and for people like us who kind of need that affirmation of I have worth because everybody likes me. Yeah. Yeah. You need to you, it's it's good to have that. It's good to in, in one of those moments especially. Yeah. And one of the things maybe as a little segue is is like cuz I've been meditating for quite a quite a while trying it, trying it off and on for like 5 years or so. And it came in handy with with Rowan because it's it's it, it's nice to have this. I've always had this kind of like sci, like this researcher approach. I feel like there's like a hundred of me. I remember in certain situations where I I would be really emotional. Within a few seconds, like another one of me would pop out and look at me being emotional and go, "Look at you! You're like really feeling something." And then another one of me would pop out and go, "Like, can you just feel something for one second before you start evaluating that you're feeling something?" And then another one of me goes, "Like, this is starting a cycle, isn't it? We can just like break apart and like evaluate every- the fact that we're evaluating ourselves, can't we?" You know what I mean? Yes. So like, there's just like a nonstop uh, fragmentation, um, and meditation is is kind of like. Not that it, not that it quits that, because in some ways it, it's just a way of going into. Like I was talking about the grief that lives in your body. I don't know if I'd be so sensitive to that if I wasn't so trained in in meditating, going in, into the breath and and going like, okay, what's it like in here? Because as a researcher, as a sort of non biased, objective sort of trying to be objective, you're kind of going. It doesn't matter what's in here. We're not making a value call. We're not judging what's in here. We're just saying, what's it like in here? What does the breath feel like? What, what does your body feel like? Are you, are you tensing up? Like, okay, let's start with your forehead. Let's just relax that. Okay, so wh- where is the breath going? Like if you were visualizing your breath, like wh- wh- where is it easy for it to go? Let's just, let's just be there with it for a little while. And that kind of made me sensitive to like realizing like, oh, wow, like my mind is, is really, really lubed up and, and it's ready to go. But my body is, 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 there's a lot going on in here. So let's just make some space for our bodies to be super, <laughs> super heavy. You know, feeling like you're, you're just, you know, weighed down by things and realize that it's not yet time to, to fully spring out into, into doing work and stuff yet. So um, maybe we could start talking about the meditation stuff. Yeah, let's do that. I think uh, for me, it's maybe if your brain is a hard drive and your body is the computer or device, let's be PC here. Mm-hmm. Not literally, but, mm-hmm. uh, geez. Um, <laughs> nerd jokes. Yeah. We're just making a lot of nerd jokes over here. The tricky part is when you've got, where do thoughts and feelings fit in? And we've been talking about this this whole time, this whole conversation, but when they get in the way, like when they see to, seem to spring up and distract slash, and I'm not just talking about getting in the way of you getting work done, but like getting in the way of you actually like, having thoughts or living life or getting work done, like all of the above, like meditation seems to, along with, again, the journaling portion that we talked about, like it seems to be that it's not just taking your pulse. It's not just looking inside and saying what's in there. It's not just, it's not just going in and being woo woo and saying, Hey, Hey, you're okay. Mm -hmm. But it's like that practice, what the best, the best See, and I'm not good at this, but that's why I wanted you, someone who's a, practitioner or practicer of a this, try, who's, who's continually trying it much like me, but further along. 
who was it that I heard? Somebody has said that like meditation really is this training of your, your, your willpower, not, but see, that's the wrong word, but maybe your attention muscle. I, geez, I'm going way off topic here. No, way, I like way, it. Way, I, you know what I, I mean? Like, because what you're getting at is the nature of like, uh, okay, so just like when we said journaling and a lot of people are picturing, dear diary, here's yes. what I'm dealing with today. You know what I mean? And, and, and it is that, but, it, but like there's a, there's a very practical reason why you do that. It, you're, you're spilling things out to see what sticks. You know what I mean? And with meditation, the very practical reason why to do this is, is simply because we have this wetware. There, there are things that are going on in your mind that you don't know are just thoughts. You think they're reality. And this is a way of being like Neo in the Matrix mm-hmm. to really make it simple. It's like, oh, so we're, we can now tell. It, it's, it's like deciding what's real and what's not. It's determining. It's, discover, it's discovering what's real and what's not. And re- because all you have is this wetware, you have this this sloppy meat based bo- uh, robot frame. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Where there's some spark of life inside of you, some soul, some intelligence, some sense of I, me, my, some ego, some all of this stuff, right? Now, some of this code in here is extremely old. That's why so much of us are so terrified when we look at the ocean. Just like I think it's just old code. I think we we I think our mole- molecules know our old code knows. You, monsters used to come out of there and they used to just be gnarly okay because it's terrifying to us on a, a like like just on such a deep level this so there's this old code there's new code um there's there's everything in between and it's gotten such that we don't we don't sit i think i think our species had had long eons uh where where we we when we were hunter-gatherers, the last guy I heard talk on this, he said that we actually had a ton of spare time, a ton of free time when we were right. hunter-gatherers. As a community, as a society, there would be and, – and when you're living in, in the nat- natural rhythm of things, there's just a ton of spare time where you're where – you're, like you can't get work done and you are safe and protected and you're watching the sun set and you're going through the cycles of the things. And it's almost like this, was, this rhythm was forced on us. Okay, before it was forced on us by the, our habitat, by our ecosystem, and now we have to do work to get back into it. Because <laughs> I kind of just have this sense, and I haven't really—I don't—I'm not smart about this stuff, so I haven't heard ta- someone talk about this. But I just feel like we're not made for the. Mo- I think the modern age is is making us insane, because because we're we're so we're our our tribe is so huge, the the problems are so vast, the the everything is so intense, and everything is so fast, right? And we're just not made for it. We don't have a biology for that. And I think we're getting better. And, and it'll, it'll, we'll have to get better. And our biology will shift towards it. But at the same time, in the meantime, and, and hopefully a, a big part of what we become, what our species becomes, we need this centering effect, this rhythm of telling the difference between what's real and what's not because we live, it, it's really hard to tell that right now. And so one of the things is when you sit and think about your breath, like if you're sitting right now, if you're in your car, if you're in your car, or even if you're on a run, whatever you're doing right now, listener, okay, your breath is coming into your body all the time and you're not even, you're not even, you're not even aware of it. You're not paying attention to it. You're not doing it, right? It's just happening. So it's really, it's amazing that this is all happening for you. <laughs> like for me, it actually, I always kind of get this like real great gratefulness feeling, this real gratitude o- over time. But where that breath is coming in, like where do you feel your breath right now? Just without being all woo-woo, without even needing to shut your eyes and stuff, 
from where do you feel that breath? Do you feel it more in your belly? Do you feel it more in like your shoulders as they go up and down? Do you feel it right at your nostrils? Does it kind of feel like it's filling up the back of your head? Where do you feel your breath? Meditation is basically the practice of being intrigued by your breath. And why? Because it's a hack. It's a hack that gets us into our body that helps us realize there's an amazing miracle of all this autonomic stuff going on. And this is you too. The 90% of, of, your, of your resources are spent on like things you don't know about that are going on, like <laughs> keeping your heart beating and your liver processing things and all of this stuff. This is the speed and the rhythm that, you're, that, you're, that your entity, that your you-ness actually is. And there's a little brain inside or a little ego or a little, little man inside the machine going like, but I'm the first, I'm the prime mover. I'm the one that matters most. And that's, the, that's where our thoughts are being thunk, Right. And so, and so the idea of meditation is like, all right, let's, let's balance out. Let's get that. Um, you know, Henry Nouwen is a writer I used to read a lot, and he talks about the mind's descent into the heart. And in, and in some ways, that's, what, that's what's happening here. It's yeah. your, your, your awareness's descent into, like, like dissolving into your body, your molecules, your stuff, right? Because you are not actually a soul trapped in a body. You are this thing. That's the only thing we know for sure is that these two are connected intrinsically. If you exercise and have a healthy body, you will have a more healthy mind. Do you know what I mean? If you, I mean, I guess unless you're Stephen Hawkins, uh, but, but like by and large, they're, they're connected. They're connected, right? And so this is a way of fostering that connection and what it brings, what to me, honestly, the reason why I do it, Eric, more than anything else, is it brings rest and peace. That's what it brings. It brings a sense of everything isn't going to crap. Everything's okay. I'm so grateful for my wife and my son. I'm so grateful for my business partner and the people that, that we get to serve and the things that we get to make. I'm so grateful. When you build rest and gratitude, when you can actually honestly feel that versus hearing someone on a TED stage say, you should be more grateful with your life because you, it's really good for you when you're grateful. Look at this study. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, <laughs> yes. this, is, this is the one thing that you can do that can prepare you for anything. I think it's really important how you get started with, with the meditation stuff. But, but before yeah. I start waxing poetic on that, how does that, like, what, what, did, I, what did I miss there? What sticks on that for you, Eric, as you're hearing uh, it? That, that's, I mean, that's it. Like, I, I, I could repeat everything, but I think that landing point of it's pressing pause in the digital world, which is still made up more of analog stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, but I, and I think stuff. even even and the hard part is is all of these metaphors are are, are failing us, right? right? Because it's not like us. We're, we're get, we get wrapped up in progress. Okay, we get wrapped up in the future because we're afraid of dying. I think probably you know where and we want to be we want to live forever. And the thing if we're getting better, we'll never die, right? Because the things that we're making will last forever and ever and ever. And so we get wrapped up in that, right? And so and then inevitably all of us on our deathbed will go like, gosh, I really wish I would have just just been there more. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Rather than trying to become something, rather than trying to make a thing. I just wish I, 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 I wish it was easier for me to enjoy my child growing up. I wish I enjoyed that more. I didn't know how to enjoy it. Right? It's all of these sorts of things. I wish I would have spoken my mind more. Well, you got to know what your mind is. You got to know what's on your mind. You got to know how you feel about things. And when you're constantly doing all that, when you're, when you're a bundle of, an, of activity only, these are like the regrets of the dying that, yeah. that, that is whatever. So I think when we talk about pressing pause, we're doing ourselves a little bit of a disservice because in some ways, this is, this is progress. This is progress. If you want to be insightful, if you want to be, if you want to be productive, 
you know as well as I do, productivity is not doing more. It's about knowing what's important to work on. This is where you find that. It's when, you, when you're centered up over yourself, when you're building on top of who you are versus you know, you're trying to be Pat Flynn or trying to be Eric Fisher or trying to be someone out there, right? When you're trying to, oh, this is the kind of things I should be doing. You know? And it's like, no, actually, there's real insight if you could just pay more attention to yourself. The, the picture of your own child looking at you and going like, I'm so proud of you. I want you to blossom. I want you to be shown to the world. I want others to know you the way that I know you. Yeah. I want your point of view to, be, to, to flourish, to be brought out and to be expressed. And it's, that's, that's it's, the process. Uh, it's selfish and selfless at the same time. It really is because, because it's, it's difficult. I love the way that you say that because in some ways it's this really petulant sort of like, I just can't take the stress of the modern world. I got to take some time for little old me and go to the spa or something, you know, uh, and, and that, that, that can be fine too. Going to the spa is pretty great, but there's this, I don't know, there's a kind of a, like a remembering that we have to do. And it's a discipline of, of being, it's a reminder that like all of this stuff that I do is not me. There's the difference between do and be. And when we, when we get to really, when we, get, when we move out of that be, which by the way, can take, it, it can be as simple as taking three deep breaths in the morning. And take three deep breaths anytime you're about to jump on a phone call or write an email. It could take seconds for you to just kind of center yourself and go, what am I, what am I really trying to say here? Versus being caught up in the activity of the activities. You know what I mean? You said being and you said doing. And I think some people will think, oh, you're bringing up meditation. So you're, you're saying we better practice being so we can be better at doing. And I'm saying, no, that's, that's true. But it's more about it's more about the being. Hence the title of the show, Beyond the To-Do List. It's not just about doing. It's mm. actually more about being first. Mm. Let's practice being. Then, as byproduct, yes, we get better at doing. Yeah. Whether we're doing more or doing less, we're still doing better. Yeah, and I think in some ways... I didn't really know through just the, like, and again, I have a, I have like, I don't practice every day. I don't, I don't sit down and meditate every day. And I, I, I kind of do it off and on, but I've been doing it for a long time off and on. And there's been some really, really like terrific insights and moments and, and like meaningful things mm-hmm. for me. It was like, I, I, uh, my wife and I sort of left the church and, and I kind of, after a few years, I was like, man, I, I used to spend a lot of time in prayer and worship and all this like kind of, uh, not necessarily emotional. I mean, it was emotional, but like just this, this peace and rest and this quiet moment stuff. Right. You know what I mean? And that's when I started. And then Merlin and Dan were talking about meditation a bunch on, on Back to Work, that podcast, uh, back in the day. And so I started, I started fiddling with it. it. It's been really informative about who I should be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not just about like, oh, I'm going to go be myself. It's like, it's kind of like I'm going to go figure out who I am. I'm going to go discover myself. But, and and again, it's not, and it's not activity. It's not a bunch of stuff that you're doing to discover yourself. It's like, it's quieting things down. It's chilling things out. It's, it's, there's a bunch of silt up in the water. Like, let's let it, let's not disturb it for a little bit and let it just like run clear for a little while. Because when a thought is a thought, you can take it and evaluate it versus like, versus a thought like the world's going to end and then your body just reacts with the kinetic sort of, you know, stress and strain and craziness that comes with that thought. You know, this is yeah. the anxiety. Yeah. This is this, that's the anxiety that we all kind of, I think we all have anxiety. I think we all literally have clinical anxiety, except for like, you know, 2% of us who are just, just had, I don't know, good enough parents or something. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> how, how do you suggest, I mean, somebody's listening and they're like, you know, I feel like I'm willing to give it a try, but I don't know how to start. I don't, 
yeah. you know to how to approach the so desire you've been, to you've start. been starting recently you've been yeah. trying so yeah. what, what have you been doing honestly one of the things that i try to do and and this is an interesting version but while there's still bright sunlight out as we head into the darker months mm. i'm getting outside and sitting and i'm i'm one i'm letting the dog out but two i'm standing and kind of trying to one let the let the sun feel the sunlight on my skin and let it absorb it mm-hmm. so it's you know it's also a physical thing but at the same time just some of the time I will close my eyes. Other times I will try to aim my eyes to a point where it's catching sun, but I'm not looking straight at the sun. Yeah. And receive the, you know, the rays and all the vitamins and things. And it's just to breathe and to mm. get outside and, and other times to take a walk, but not have it be a, how, you know, how many steps am I getting today and, mm-hmm. and how I'm getting my time in. In other yeah. words, I'm just I'm leisurely breaking the rule of there's so much to do. Yeah, it can wait. Yeah. You know, be where you are right now. Just yeah. be. Just be. I guess yeah. just practicing just being. Yeah, it's, and I like that. I like that. What I would maybe add to that in some ways is just geek out about your breath a little bit, and and not about uh, not one of the okay. The main rule here is this: there is no good meditation or bad meditation. Okay, you can't judge. You can't. You, 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 it's going to be really hard for you to not judge yourself, whether you're doing it right. How many times in your mind will the thought go, oh, this is stupid. Oh, I'm not doing it right. See, I had it for a second there, but then I lost it. Yeah, you know what? This just isn't for me. All of these kinds of things will just flash through your head like crazy. The monkey mind will, will start fleeing its crap at you. Yes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yes. Um, so that's when you kind of just acknowledge that. Just acknowledge that, like, you know, put it in the jar and set it aside. Let it just kind of let it just kind of keep flowing down the str- down the river you, because you walk, you walk past it, give it a nod, and keep walking. Yeah, yeah. It, it, you know the surfers where I used to surf all the time. It's like acknowledge and move on. You know what I mean? You just kind of acknowledge that you missed that amazing wave and and move on. And so those judgments, you kind of you're going to have to get used to that. And that's what's so great. That is that is the skill of this. That is that is what this is training you in. That's the muscle that you're working out is having a thought and noticing recognizing it as a thought. Okay. I think that the trick of, of focusing on your breath, it's just so powerful. And, and it's just one of the hacks. Like you could do yoga. You could do, there's a bunch of different ways that you can sort of get into this kind of meditative state where what you're doing is, is being in a, a place where you notice a thought as a thought, right? Where you're paying attention to your thoughts. Normally we have to focus on something. In my experience, I have to focus on something in order to actually pay attention to, to in order, and I have to focus on some, one particular thing in order to notice all the ways that my mind chatters about stuff. And if you just focus on your breath for a long, uh, long enough time, what, what, it's kind of like a visualization. You were already t- using words about visualization when you were talking about sitting in the sun, mm-hmm. absorbing, letting the nutrients kind of come in. You know, sports medicine, all of the psychology people will tell us the power of visualization. It's not just woo-woo stuff. It's actually kind of a big deal. And a lot of, a lot of meditation for me kind of is visualization. And it's visualizing where the breath is going in your body. If you listen to any guided meditation, which I'll tell you about in a second, because I feel like that's a really big trick, they kind of start talking about this language. Like, where is the breath coming in in your body? And where is it getting trapped? Like, how can you just kind of keep breathing through that? You kind of come to a point where you can picture your, the breath coming in, filling your whole body. You're not just talking about their, your, you know, the, the tubes going down in your lungs, then your lungs filling up. It's this, there's even a concept called the breath body where your sort of whole body is kind of vibrating with the sense of your breath. 
and it's kind of getting it's it's and it's really a, it's a it's a nice it's a really great feeling, right? And none of this is about that feeling. It's about kind of just that moment, that way that you can. Um, here's a good way of explaining it. I was last week. I got to spend like four days with just my son and I up at this my friend's lake cabin, tiny little cabin beautiful little lake in Washington. And it was just like the happiest time ever. <laughs> it just was so, so amazing. I'd put him down at the end of the day and I would just watch the sun go down and it gets dark and it gets cold and I put on a jacket. I go back out and sit on the chair and just by myself, just watching things. Do you know what I mean? Just yeah. being, and, and, and it was not boring. It was not boring, oh, yeah. right? And so I had this moment where I walked out of a coffee shop like the two days after I got back and I like it's like a little pocket of my brain like folded over and a a puff of the smell of that place <laughs> kind of flooded me. I, I smelled it for a second. My whole body washed with just like, oh, that's right. That was really wonderful to sit up there. And it was just peace. It was rest. It was rest and peace, right? It's kind of like that. Meditation is a little way to get uh, into that, to like smell that lake again and remind yourself that like, that's all right there, right here. There's important work to be done. You, you, you don't want to just necessarily check out for those of us who can't, but you, you don't have to run around like a chicken with your head cut off. You can practice that lake vibe. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And so to me, what, what really tipped the, the scale for me was, was guided meditation. Now, listen, here's the deal. If you, if you can do like four minutes of this or three minutes or one minute of this, if you can find a guided meditation for one minute, that's the thing to start with is you, cause everybody can sit in their chair for one minute and breathe a few times deeply and think about, you know, the way that their body feels and then get on with their day. If you can make that a part of your life for a few weeks and then grow it to three minutes and then grow it to five minutes from there, you'll be able to probably jump it up to 10 or 15 pretty easily. Because it's just about putting your butt in your chair. It's just like writing. You just get your butt in the chair. That, that, that's what you have to do. And then you try to make the keyboard make sounds. Clickety-clackety-click, right? Yes. <laughs> You'll edit it later. Your job is not to be in some mantric state of mind. Your job, just press play on the thing. Spend a minute. If you can build this habit, that it will transform your whole life. So just like if you can think about it as a minute, as, minute at a time. And I've thought for a long time I've wanted to make like a podcast that was like guided meditation for entrepreneurial folks or self-employed folks where it's like you can just kind of – it starts with one minute, a few sessions of one minute, and then the next one's two minute for a few sessions, and then the next one's like three or four. And it kind of grows a little bit over time because I haven't found that yet. There's a lot of like longer ones, and, and man, the – some of the 40 minute and stuff like that and beyond have been super helpful for me, but they've also been super painful because I'm like, I don't know. Am I doing it right? Oh, I don't know. Now I can, I can walk out in the middle of a meditation thing. Cause I'm like, I know what the rules are. It's not to do good at meditation. It's just to like, it's just to, to like be there and do the thing if you can. And if you can't move on, but try to do it again tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it, because it's this cumulative effect. If you write one blog post, nobody's going to probably spend a lot of time on your blog. But if you write 150 blog posts, things will, people start showing up. Yeah. Even, if it's, even if it's crap, you start getting search traffic. And so if you could just make a habit of the sitting, it, that's what I've been thinking a lot about that because I'd like to stretch a little bit because I'm just not very flexible. And it'd be really nice to be able to sit comfortably on the floor. But I've got these big old ham hock thighs that <laughs> it's no bueno. No bueno, Eric. But, but and I, was like, I was like, oh, I should stretch more. And every once in a while, like, really get into it, stretch. But I realized, like, if I just had a 30-second thing that I did every day, 
for like three weeks. This is what we know about habits. It's not about like, uh, it's not about going out and adding new things uh, so much as it is about changing your existing things. You know, and if you have to add a new thing, a new habit, then do it extremely small, measurable, put a, you know, put an X on the calendar for every day. And, and eventually you'll have a habit and you can cut, now you can start adding to this thing. You can make it a longer meditation session. So, um, I don't know. I, I don't know where to lead people to exactly for guided meditation stuff. I actually have written some posts on Ice to the Brim about it, which I can, I'll send you links to and you can put in the show notes. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'd love my Oh, I did. I actually, yeah, I did do a little video on it. Oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> That's right. I called it How to Mindfulness Meditation. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. I um, also have another post called The Tom Selleck of Meditation. So oh, this is wow. good. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I, I, I can't even imagine where that's going to go, but I will link to these in the show notes. I'm going to give you my takeaways from this episode. Um, yeah, sorry. I feel like I, I'm, I'm just like ruminating over here, just sitting. sitting. I, have, I have great headphones on, so it's like nice to just go yeah. fill up airways with my voice. Picture the air coming into the headphones yeah. mm. and be the listener. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to st- – I've tried day one before. Yeah. I'm gonna try. I'm gonna start trying to do what you just did because I like being able to. Like, I feel like I need to give closure on my day, and I'm not doing that. And I've been looking for something to kind of have my evening ritual be, you know. And and so day one's gonna be part of that. Now I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do that reflecting. I'm gonna do the day one thing, and so I'm gonna try that. I love it. Um, I'm also going to look for. The point where I think I most need to press pause before moving forward with the rest of the day mm-hmm. and, and you know taking my breath pulse is to uh, probably do it about early to mid-morning once the family has left the house and I'm alone. I think mm. that's probably where that fits. I'm going to start doing it. Like, I'm just going to do, you know, I'm going to do a minute a day. Yeah, and I, would, I totally recommend just like a quickie, just, just, just see if you can get into, because even literally, like there's a, there's a, uh, I think there's something out there about like your three deep breaths. There's probably some little book you can yeah. spend dollars on. But and really, there, there are apps out there too. That, yeah, the gist is just, and I, actually, you know what? I mean, we haven't even mentioned the Headspace app, which I've never used, I have but done, it's supposed to be really good. I have done that, and I, I think, I, you know, well-intentioned me, I did like day one and day two, and I did them like weeks apart. Yeah, so. yeah. I think it, it's uh, what's interesting about them. They're, they're every, I've heard some interviews with the founders. They're, they're really, really a cool company. Like their mission is yeah. awesome, and their they're, blog they're is fantastic. Like, they, is it really? Yeah, you got to check out Headspace. I'll put the link to that in the show too. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that, and and I think Headspace has free like entry and then you get so far and then you got to pay but i think you can go back to the original ones the early ones again so even if you were to do like day one and through what seven or ten or something then you still get to go back to those days on the free cycle or something yeah so I think, yeah nice you know even there you you, you know first yeah. one's free and in um, my post on that with the video of of how to mindfulness meditation i link to a handful of the um i use it one app to track meditations that's not that important uh link to one of my or the guided meditation that i did at first which is 30 minutes long i would totally do quicker ones of that now but i think what i can do is i'll add to this there's a 10-minute or a 12-minute one that's pretty great that I just uh, did yesterday because I'm kind of going through them. I've just categorized them all because I want to find the ones to recommend to people like yeah. my dad and brother who like this would be good for. Well, we'll link it all up. We'll link all this stuff up in the show notes. 
Yeah, thanks for letting me uh, just wax philosophical about this. Yeah. Stuff. You know, I really love talking about this, and I, and I don't get to talk. There's if you not can't enough tell, outlets for this. If so. you can't tell, well, then, and 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 it's nice to be able to do it on on a show like this, where where it fits in. It fits in because you know between um, between all the tactical stuff, which is just it was so important too. Because when you have an idea, mm-hmm. like everything is conspiring against you, you pulling that idea out into the world. Everything is right, including you. Right. Yes. And so my, you know, the, your, your, you know, uh, getting things done and OmniFocus or Asana or Evernote or whatever it is that you use is a, is a powerful tool. Well, meditation is just a, a, another quiver, another arrow in the quiver rather. Yeah. So it's like th- this can be the thing that ties the, it all together and makes it all work for a better purpose. It, it, that's been my experience of it really. And it would make you wonder like, why doesn't he do it every day then? Because real life kind of happens too. And I'm <laughs> yes. not like a Buddhist. I'm not like a Buddhisty guy. This isn't a re- religious thing to me. It is a spiritual thing because, because I feel like there's a lot of, spirit, there's, there's a lot of important behind the scenes, un, in, invisible things going on every moment of our, of our life. I'm not talking about angels and demons, but I am talking about like there's a, there's a lot of the world that we cannot see. There's a lot that's real that we cannot see. This tunes me into that a little bit more. Yeah, there's so much going on under the under the veil and beneath the surface. Yeah, this is how we tackle. See, tackle still feels like all right. I gotta attack it. No, it's like yeah, it's kind of it's, it's how you still, like. Have you ever met it. someone? Have you ever met someone who goes off and lives in the mountains like by themselves off the grid for like ten years? Do you no. see the way the the way that their eyes look? Like when you look right. at pictures of Ansel Adams. Like like who he was when you look at, at some of the ways that, that these people are, it's like the, that's that's a fierceness, and and and, and sure they don't know about Periscope, but <laughs> but what what do they know about? Do you know what I mean? And now we don't have to go out and and I wish we could all just they, go out and wilderness. They know about life. <laughs> they know, man. I'll tell you what's so good about those people is they know about life. All right, I'll stop talking now. Sorry. <laughs> all, all right. right. I'm frustrating I'm, myself. I'm going to link it all up. Chase, thanks again for being on the show. Thanks uh, so much, Eric, for having me. do it again sometime. I'd love it. Thanks to the listeners for putting up with the last <laughs> hour and a half. <laughs> I know this was a loaded episode. Lengthy and loaded. Lots of stuff in there. Lots to check out. In fact, you can find the links to everything we said we'd link it up to at the show notes for this episode, which is beyondthetodolist.com slash 150. Yes, that's right. Beyondthetodolist.com slash 150. Thanks again to Chase for joining me. And thanks again to you for listening. And thanks again to Aweber for supporting this episode of Beyond the To-Do List. Don't forget to go grab their free videos and downloadable checklists for your next step in the digital marketing of whatever it is you're wanting to put out there. That idea, that project, that thing you're making or have made and want people to know about, today is your day to make it known. Head on over to aweber.com slash to do, and they will hook you up with those free videos, those downloadable checklists to get your project or whatever it is that thing is that you have made that you should be proud of out there in the world with those next steps. Again, head on over to aweber.com slash to do. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Again, check out the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, head on over there, click share in whatever way you find best suits you. Facebook, Twitter, etc. Let somebody else know that you know would enjoy this episode. Let them know about it. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next episode. 
Beyond the To Do List is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award winning and award nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.